This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. This game of the season. I'm not nervous. You're nervous. That's that's how this works. Um, no, I'm incredibly... I'm bricking it. Is what I'm doing. I'm absolutely, absolutely breaking it. I, I'm trying to process how to deal with the worst case scenario, which I don't really want to mention because it's too horrible to think about. But if I don't think about processing the worst case scenario, you know, what's that saying? What was it in Spider Man? Um, expect disappointment and you'll never be disappointed. You know, maybe that's the way I've got to go with this. <laughs> but uh, I'm trying to be as optimistic as possible. I just hate the derby. Like, I can't stand it. I absolutely hate it. So, fingers crossed we can get something good from this. And speaking of the derby, we'll be doing the preview tonight at 7 p.m. I've already put a message in the Discord server. So, I'll be joined by some of the members tonight at 7 to talk about Thursday's derby. Preview it, do our lineups, all of that usual good stuff, and take more of your questions as well. But before we kick on with this morning's show... Let's uh, let's run through the chat box and say good morning to everybody, uh, or as many as you as we feasibly can. Matt G, good morning to you. Manu, Marcus, Ali, Martin, Tony, Harvey, good morning, guys. Hope you're doing good and well. Daniel, Nathy, uh, Guna Legends, Simon, Paul, Trevor, the Godfather joining us as well. Rich, Chips and Peas, Black Shine, Big O, Olu, good morning to all of you. NSW, Martin, Bradley, Inga, Luke, Steve, Christopher, Afsar, good morning, guys. Hope you're doing well and enjoying uh what has hopefully been a good start to your week mark good morning to you to answer to odorile uh 24 7 positive well-being good morning uh and to the rest of you as well i hope you're all doing good and well pablo good to see you in the chat box my friends uh king good morning to you so many more of you as well let's uh drop a like on the video if you haven't done so already and subscribe to the channel if you are indeed new around here with those notifications turned on so you never miss a show thank you for making this as always part of your morning routine and uh tuning in every day at 8 a.m uk time without further ado though let's crack on with today's stories, by first of all going and telling you, as always, to subscribe to the Arsenal Way. Link to the channel is in the description. Chris and Bailey will be there this morning at 10 a.m. to take all of your questions and go through even more news uh, regarding our beautiful club. Um, so let's crack on with our main stories, however. And we kick off with Thomas Partey and some semi-positive news regarding Partey. He is recovering. Uh, he is recovering quicker than expected and there is a very 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 small chance that he could even be available before the end of the season however um as reported by my colleague chris wheatley he is they're not going to push him you know he could be back for the last game if the last game matters and you know it's the difference between us getting champions League football if we need to win that game say to get into the champions league maybe they would push him to get him back Otherwise, I think they will hold off. They will allow him to recover as usual. If it definitely, if it doesn't matter, you know, if it's the difference between fourth and third, which it could be that game, um, I don't think they'd still push him back. But he is recovering um, and certainly will be available for the start of the season, it seems, which is positive news regarding him. The other bit of transfer news regarding Partey is that supposedly Juventus are very interested. Again, links have surfaced from Italy claiming that Juventus will come in to try and sign Thomas Partey in the summer. But Arsenal have absolutely zero intention of selling him whatsoever. 
Speaking of player that could leave Arsenal this summer, Eddie Nketiah, uh, as reported yesterday evening, uh, Eddie Nketiah's most likely destination if he leaves Arsenal is now West Ham United. Unsurprisingly so, West Ham have had an interest in Nketiah for quite some time. They need to go and sign a striker in the summer. Antonio has been pretty poor for the most part of this season now, and certainly they have suffered because of his poor form. And they see Nketiah as a possible option for them as a really good deal in terms of a free transfer. So if he does leave... West Ham are said to be leading the race at this point in time. But as we know, a contract offer is on the table for Enketia. So he could still stay at the club. Now, uh, the reason why I've put uh, this young lad's name on the screen is so that you can understand uh, why I completely butcher pronunciations. Um, but 16-year-old defender for PSG... Eshada Bishabu. Uh, that's the best pronunciation you're going to get from me this morning. Um, but he has been linked with a host of clubs around Europe. And Arsenal are said to be one of the front runners to try and sign him. As I say, very tall, uh, 16-year-old centre-back playing for PSG. He has been called up to the PSG senior side uh, on the bench. I don't think he's made his debut yet. But he is rated exceptionally highly and being coveted by a number of clubs across the continent and in England as well. And Arsenal are said to be one of those very teams. So Aisha Dabishiabu is uh, a player that Arsenal are very much tracking. Um, I hope that I've done that pronunciation as much justice as I can. Maybe it's Aisha El Shada Bishiabu. Maybe it's closer to that. But maybe you guys can help me in the chat box. I know that you are never afraid to tell me when I've made mistakes with my pronunciation. So I'm sure you'll get me. Uh, Aaron Hickey. More links to him um, this morning. And Arsenal are said to be leading the race ahead of Napoli now for the Bologna left-back. Uh, if you remember quite famously, Arsenal beat Napoli to Chiarantini's signature in 2019 and we look to be doing the same thing once again um this summer leading the race ahead of napoli to try and sign tierney's scottish compatriot and uh, bring him to the club he's ampidextrous as we know we'll be doing plenty of transfer breakdowns come the conclusion of the season after a couple of weeks it's mad to think that the season will be over after next week just next week is the last game of the season crazy uh, and then we'll be able to get stuck into all that transfer goodness and tactical breakdowns uh, so I look forward to bringing you all of that. And Aaron Hickey will surely take quite a clear precedence amongst others. Gabriel Jesus continues to be linked. And as you remember yesterday, the big news dropped. The Manchester City are expected to confirm the signing of Erling Haaland from Borussia Dortmund this summer after activating his release clause. And it is therefore then expected that Gabriel Jesus will move on from Man City. Arsenal are the leading candidates for him. Uh, they've had discussions with him for a number of months, going all the way back to November uh, Arsenal have positioned themselves very well, but will need to qualify for the Champions League if they want to have a chance of signing Jesus, as the same is the same for pretty much most of their signings. And that includes Raheem Sterling, who again has been linked with a move to Arsenal, another Manchester City player. I tell you, if you said that Man City players like Jesus and Sterling would be joining Arsenal this summer, I would be saying, wow, we really are moving forwards in regarding our recruitment. Um, looking at, looking at, an area of, of where we need to improve, being the forward line and adding two Man City starters. That's quite the move forward. Does it close our gap to Man City? You know, Jesus isn't on the same level of Haaland and Sterling probably isn't going to be on the same level of maybe another player they bring in, but they start for Man City. And our rhetoric in terms of transfers has always been, we need to sign players that are going to be getting into those teams, getting into the cities, getting into the Liverpools of this world. And, you know, I think both players would be really, really positive additions to the Arsenal team. And uh, 
I look forward to seeing kind of what turns up this summer because it's going to be very, very interesting indeed. Uh, let's move over to our headline story of the day, and that is Yuri Tielemans. Uh, according to the Telegraph, Arsenal have positioned themselves very healthily to try and sign the Belgian international this summer. There's figures of around 35 to 40 million pounds being talked about, and Arsenal are currently the favourites, and he is at the top of their number li- uh, their number eight list for that position. Um, I'm going to be having a chat with Ben Jacobs from CBS Sports this afternoon to get some more insight and details about this deal, the likelihood uh, likelihood of it happening and what's led us to this point, including plenty of other uh, news regarding Arsenal transfers. So make sure you tune in this afternoon, 3pm UK time. I'll be joined by Ben Jacobs. We had a discussion with Ben in the January window uh, regarding all the Dusan Vlaovic stories uh, and you guys very much enjoyed Ben's insights on the channel. So Ben's coming back this afternoon for a chat about Yuri Tielemans. He's got really good links into Leicester so we should be able to get some good chats about him. But Yuri Tielemans is the man supposedly that Arsenal will be looking to sign this summer from Leicester. And that completes all of today's stories which means we move on to the second part of today's show which is to get your thoughts, theories, queries and questions into the chat box. So without further ado, let's get into those after this short break. Okay, uh, let's jump into the chat. First things first, actually. Uh, I did a little bit of... uh, I treated myself, is what I did. And uh, I went over to this website called N5N7 Badges. You may have seen it. I put a tweet up about it last night. This is not a paid promotion. Uh, I'm not getting paid to do this. I've not been told to do this. I'm just shouting them out because I think they're quite brilliant. Um, And basically, M5N7 badges are these Arsenal pins uh, that you can get. And they look like a bit like this. Uh, So there's the Arsenal A, very kind of Art Deco classic design. And my personal favourite is the star boy himself, uh, Bukayo Saka, on his unicorn. So I just saw this pop up on my t- on my timeline, uh, courtesy of Tidden Stillman from the Arsenal Vision podcast, who's got, I think he's got a Leah Williamson one. Um, they're very, very good. Uh, they're very, very good. And uh, I- I'd recommend them if you want to check them out. N5, N7 badges. I'm, I'm a real sucker for a little memorabilia like that. So I quite enjoyed it. And they sang, you know, this is, and the reason why I'm shouting it out, because they send little nice touches when you buy it like that. So uh, fair play to, to them and to Will, I think it is, who runs the site over there. So fair play. Anyway, let's jump into the chat box and see what you guys are saying regarding questions. Daniel says, if we win at Spurs uh, at the lane and kill their season off, do you think Conte will walk if they don't have Champions League next season? And how good Will that feel giving them banter for making Conte walk? It would be it would be great, Daniel. It would be fantastic. Is it going to happen? I don't know. But I think the best chance of it happening is obviously if we do manage to get a win there. PSG is said to be very interested. Conte is said to be very interested. That's a very likely move that could happen. I wouldn't even be surprised if he paid out the rest of his deal at Spurs, to be honest, to trying to get out of there if they ended up in the Europa League next season. He'll want to be in the Champions League. It's a competition that he's not won. Uh, and PSG may be able to offer him that when Pochettino inevitably moves on. Will Pochettino replace him at Spurs? Is that something to worry about? Maybe. He knows that club very, very well. But they were eventually regressing under him and they had to make a decision and they got rid of him. I actually brought myself to watching the Spurs All or Nothing series a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I enjoyed the um, the behind-the-scenes stuff and just kind of getting a feel for how... And I've already seen the City one a couple of times. But... Uh, 
yeah, I'm looking forward to the Arsenal one. Uh, I hope they do it. Sl- I hope they do it more similar to the City one than the Spurs one. Effectively, it wasn't Tottenham all or nothing. It was Jose Mourinho all or nothing. Um, that's how it kind of felt. So I'll be interested to see how the City one compares to the Arsenal one. I hope it's closer to that. Um, Pablo, thank you for joining me, mate. Always a pleasure. As it stands, I can't watch the North London derby because my daughter is in a play. How do I get out of it with the least amount of emotional damage? Pablo, if anything, she's done you a favour, mate. You know, I know a couple of people that are refusing to watch it on Thursday because they just, their heart can't take it. So maybe you should be thankful. Maybe it doesn't put you through the stress. Maybe you can take your mind off it and just check the score at the end of the play. And hopefully we would have done a good job and you'll be able to watch the highlights back. Maybe she's done you a favour. Um, meanwhile, I'm going to be doing the live blog for Football London that day, um, which, you know, I like doing the live blogs. I, I really enjoyed doing the Man United one in particular. It was a lot of fun. But because it's Football London, it does mean that I'm going to be doing the blog with the Tottenham writers as well. So uh, I can't be as provocative <laughs> as I usually am with the blogs. I'm going to have to be a little bit more balanced in, in how I approach it. But uh we might be able to sneak in a couple of digs. Uh, we'll have to wait and see. Um, Freddie says, Tom, if you had the checkbook, would you go for Tillemans or Neves? Really good question because they're very, very tough to separate. I like Tillemans because I like his technical ability higher than that of Neves's, but Neves is probably a better passer and a better defender um, than, than Tillemans is in the midfield. So Neves has got the better defensive qualities. Tillemans has got the better forward passing qualities it depends what you want from that position and if we're going to sign an improved left back if we've got Tommy Asu back if you know Saliba's coming back our defense is looking pretty good so maybe we can afford to be a bit more expressive so maybe I would lean towards Tielemans of the two Temi I'm wildly apprehensive about Thursday I can't tell you how apprehensive and nervous and you know just gut-wrenchingly worried I am about Thursday it's the biggest game of Arsenal's History in the last, I would say, since the Europa League final. I know we've won an FA Cup and that was a huge, huge game. Um, But getting back into the Champions League is like that next step along the journey of taking this club to where we want it to go back again. It could get us some massive, massive signings in the summer. So I say that Europa League final is the biggest game prior to this one on Thursday. It's a cup final. It is without a shadow of a doubt a cup final in which if you lose it, you know, you've still got the opportunity to qualify by beating Newcastle and Everton. But, you know, you've got to get it done. You've got to get it done on Thursday. And we've got a real good chance of finishing third, you know, if we win on on Thursday as well. Um, Because Leeds play tomorrow against Leeds. Sorry, Chelsea play tomorrow against Leeds. And so there's a great chance we've got a finishing third if we can get three wins in our next three games. Hopefully. Let's wait and see what happens. Uh, let's scroll down a little bit more. Coop Dog says, would you sell Partey for 50 million? No. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't go. I wouldn't sell Partey for 50 million if that meant we got too many. Uh, I wouldn't do that. No. Uh, Amir says, more than 500 people watching. Uh, that's how great this channel is. Uh, no rants about the manager after every loss. Praise and criticize when needed. Thanks, Amir. If you haven't already dropped a like on the video, people, please make sure to do. It really, really, really does help the channel. And thank you for tuning in. And, you know, you're going to get lots of content. Not only today, you're going to get two more shows today, talking to Ben Jacobs from CBS Sports about Tillemans, but also a preview ahead of the North London Derby. And uh, there's going to be lots of transfer stuff throughout the summer. And we'll be bringing you constant transfer updates as the season concludes, looking ahead to next season. Uh, Fonzie 
says, we've already fixed our wage structure by terminating the likes of Ozil and Aubameyang's contracts. Not sure why everyone is still traumatised when we would be adding a quality player in Sterling. Yeah, look, at the end of the day, um, Sterling is on a lot of money. We don't know what he would be on if he came to Arsenal. We don't know whether or not he would have to take a wage cut to come to Arsenal or whether he would be willing to take a wage cut to come to Arsenal. Um, But he's a very, very good player. I'd arguably put him up there with a group of world-class players in his position. And I think that he gets undue stick and criticism that isn't actually worthy. His goal records and goal contribution records, you know, is a bit silly. It's, It's very, very, very good. Very, very good. And I think sometimes he just gets overlooked and overly criticised, maybe because he's unfashionable, maybe because he's English. But I like Sterling a lot, and I would be very, very open to seeing him come to Arsenal and seeing what he could do at Arsenal for us. The same with Gabriel Jesus. He gets unjust stick. I don't get I really don't get why there's such a resistance to Man City, to us signing a couple of Man City starters. I can't get my head around it. I really can't. Um, when we were signing players, you know, um, when we were signing the Williams of this world, when we were signing Danny Welbecks, and with respect, you know, Danny Welbeck did some big things for us. But when we were designing, you know, these level of players, and now we're being linked with Gabriel Jesus and Sterling, and people are going, no thanks, not for me. I can't, I can't get my head around it. I really can't, because it's such a step up in the level of players that we've been linked to in the past. And I want to see us moving in this direction, signing players that are playing for City, playing for Liverpool, playing for Bayern, playing for Real Madrid. I want to see these level of players coming into the club. Um, Samuel says, Tom, if Spurs were to win the derby and secure the last Champions League spot, would you consider Arteta's season a failure? No, I've already gone through this. Um, I said that it would be a massive disappointment if we don't get top four. But my expectation was always, you know, get back into Europe. Next season, minimum expectation is top four. We can't regress. We can't go back because we can't stagnate next season and when I say stagnate if we get top four this season and top four next season I don't consider that stagnation because it means we're still moving in that competitive direction but if we were to finish fourth this season and then outside the top four next season that's not the right direction that the club's meant to be going especially after what we're expecting to be a very strong transfer window I want to see further progression we've got to always be competing moving forwards going far in competitions trying to get trophies but this season if we finish fifth you know my expectation was fifth that's where I thought we were going to finish. That I think we had the fifth best squad in the league. People talk a lot about, and this is, if you're ever in a debate with someone that's, you know, critical of our season, and one of the things that gets brought up a lot is, oh, we've only played one game a week. You know, that's something that gets used a lot. The thing that's not being considered is that in the summer transfer window, we knew we were only playing one game a week. We knew that was going to happen. You know, we didn't have European football this season. We had cup games and we were at the FA Cup pretty early, but we went to the, you know, the semifinals of the League Cup, uh, which was two-legged, of course. So we had, we still had midweek games this season. Let's not pretend like we didn't have any. One game a week in itself is is factually incorrect. But we also built a squad with the players that we signed in the summer and with the players that we let go for specifically that. So when you see someone say, oh, we've only played one game a week, you know, it's not a criticism. We've literally, literally built or genuinely built the squads for that specific task. If we had European football, you know, this season, if we had a qualifier for Europe this season, I would have expected the club to not let as many players go or brought in more or improved the squads more, you know. But when that argument of, oh, we've only played one game a week comes around, it doesn't really add up because the, the way the squad's been built, it's to play a season as if we've only got that 
you know, we haven't got European football this season. Doesn't really add up in my mind when that gets thrown out as a criticism of this squad or, you know, Arteta's never going to deal with Champions League football this squad. Yeah, he's not going to add this squad. You know, we're going to add and improve to this squad. Our squad's a year older. Our youngsters coming through are a year older. The players we're going to sign are going to improve the depth and the quality of this team. So, of course, if you want to turn around and say, Arteta's never going to deal with European football. Look at this team. It's never going to deal with Champions League. We're never going to compete. Yeah, we're not going to have this team, mate. <laughs> we're not going to have this squad next season. We're going to have a different team. We're going to improve this squad. We're going to bring more players through. This team is a year older, a year more experienced, a year redeveloped. It's a really strange argument that gets thrown about that I just can't quite get my head around. I know I went off on a bit of a tangent there, Sam, um, but thank you for your question. Um, Peter, if Arsenal qualify for the Champions League, how long do you think it will take to start challenging for the title? Also, what will it take for Arsenal to start challenging the likes of City and Liverpool? I think if you, I think we are two summer windows away from, you know, having the gap closed by a significant portion that we should be thinking that we're not 10 points off Liverpool and City come the end of the season. You know, that we should be looking to try and challenge as much as possible. I'm not expecting a title challenge in two years or in two summers, but I think there's potential for this team to be two summers away. Because if you consider in two summers' time, you know, Saka will be 22, Erdegaard 25, Tierney 26, Gabriel 26, Ben White 25, Tommy Asu 24, Ramsdale 25, um, Smith Rowe 23, Martinelli 22, um, hopefully a world-class striker, hopefully a world-class centre midfielder, hopefully on top of that, you know, another top-class signing, Saliba coming back. You know, I think there's real potential in two summers' time for this squad with the improvements in two summer windows to look at closing that gap because Salah will be two years older, maybe not even at Liverpool. Sadio Mane would be two years older, maybe not even at Liverpool. Kevin De Bruyne will be two years older, maybe not even at City. Um, you know, they've got their own squad issues, whereas Arsenal are a bit of a coiled spring right now. So I look at two transfer window, two summer transfer windows as a opportunity if we keep progressing in this direction to really look at closing that gap significantly so, so that we can challenge. Do I see Mikel Arteta doing that? I don't know because I've not seen enough evidence yet. This season tells me that I'm more than willing to give him another season. More than willing to see another season of Mikel Arteta. Without a shadow of a doubt, I like the recruitment. I like the way we're playing. I like the way we're making ruthless decisions in the market. I like the way we've reduced the wage bill. I like the way we've reduced the age profile of the squads. I like the accountability that's been added to the team. I like second chances that are given to players that weren't necessarily being given before, like to Nketiah, like to Xhaka. I like the fact that he's learned from mistakes of the past, but he's not perfect. You know, he still made mistakes, like in the Brighton game, putting Xhaka at left-back, the same thing we did a year ago, and it cost us, and it cost us again. Hopefully, it doesn't cost us top four. You know, it's not guaranteed. Arteta's not perfect, and I'm not expecting him to be, but I do still need to see enough from him that tells me that for the long term, he's the manager to take us to that next step. And I've got my doubts that he is, but I need to see more, and I want to see more. And, and next season is an opportunity, including the summer transfer window, to see more. So I think that all of that combined hopefully answers your question. <laughs> um, let's go to Paul. He says, are your expectations about Nketiah unrealistic? He's 22, clearly hasn't reached his ceiling. Nine goals and 10 starts. What do we expect? Our expectations are that he just continues to do what he does, Paul. Um, but my expectation is of Nketiah that he will move on because I think he will realise that Arsenal are on the lookout for a world-class striker this summer. That's what they want to do or bring in a striker with the potential to be world-class. And for the benefit of his own career, it would make sense for him to move on. I'm expecting that. 
Now, if you told me that we're only signing one striker this summer, I'd be like, well, keep him here. Keep him at the club. Do everything you can to keep him. But only if we were signing one striker. And you could tell me that. If you said that there are two top strikers joining the club this summer, be that a Jesus and Schick, be that a Tammy and an Ozymen, be that a Nunez and uh, Jonathan David. You know, if the, if two top forwards are coming in, I'd be like, okay, you know, I'm more than happy to see Nketiah to move on. If we're only bringing in one, I don't want one striker and Balogun to be our only options when we've got European football next season. I don't want to be one injury away from Balogun being our starting striker. You know, we need to ensure that we've got enough depth in that position to cope with the competitions that are coming up. And to do that, you know, we need to make sure we've got at least three, at least three orthodox strikers. I know Martinelli can play there. I know some people argue that Smith Rowe could argue play there. I know we've got players coming through like Edwards and Mika Bireth, but they're not ready. You know, we need to make sure that we are prepared for that position. And we need three orthodox strikers in that very role. JDB says, Tom, if we get Nahuel Molina as a right back and Hickey as a left back with Tommy and KT, is that an idea? That's brilliant. You know, I think those four as a group would be really strong. Really, really strong. To be honest, I don't think you necessarily need um, both of them because Nahuel Molina and Aaron Hickey are both very versatile. They can play on either flank. I think it would be one or the other. And then I think you've got Tavares, you know, you've got Brooke Norton Cuffey coming through. You've got Lino Souza coming through. There are players that are there. Zach Swanson's been on the bench quite a lot as well. I don't know loads about him. Joe Lopez, again, player we signed from Barcelona. There are players coming through. So I don't think you need one fullback in the summer. If we sign two, great. I'm not going to complain about that. But I think, you know, one of those two is a really good move for us going forwards in the summer. That's that's what I would want from Arsenal this season. I hope that makes sense. It should do. Um, let's go to JM. It says, Tom, we only played like seven games, less than Tottenham. But the media chooses to ignore these facts. <laughs> yeah, I know. Just, just how it works. Um, Arsenal are... Hard done by a lot. Uh, Helia says, uh, UEFA works hard uh, for more games next season in the Champions League. How many players would Arsenal need to really compete next season? Tougher league, tougher Champions League. <laughs> also, this this idea that there's it's the, the Chelsea are going to be better, that Man United are going to be better, that Spurs are going to be better. You know, this gets brought up all the time. And yet I sat at the end of last season being told that Chelsea were going to be better, that Man United were going to be better, that Spurs were going to be bringing in a new coach. You know, it was going to take them to the next level. And those things didn't happen. You know, we're one point behind the champions of the world right now with a squad that is the average youngest in the league. We're one point behind them across 35 games of a Premier League season with a squad that is not designed to cope with Europe. So for all the arguments of only one game a week, doesn't work, doesn't fit. We don't have a squad to deal with that, you know, and we've done that by design. How many signings do we need? You know, I think we need five or six this summer. I think we need two strikers. I think we need a wide forward who potentially has the, the capabilities of playing centrally. So your Gakpo's this type of player. He serves Gnabry's, if you like. Um, and then your strikers, you've got loads to pick from. Myself, Chris Davison, Chris Wheatley, Kaya Karnak. We did a piece uh, together around the strikers we would choose. I went for Patrick Schick, obviously, because <laughs> he's the obvious choice. Um, and they went some other, for some others. Make sure you go and read that those articles. Link to my Football London pages in the description in the link tree. Um, but I think we need those three. I think you need a central midfielder. I think you need a versatile fullback. On top of that, we've got Saliba coming back, who's effectively like a new signing. I know we hate that phrase, but he is, and we need, we need to look to keep him. So that's your six, really. Saliba is a centre-back. Don't get rid of holding. You know, we don't need to get rid of him. A very, very solid backup. Don't get rid of El Nenny. 
good squad player, especially when you've got another competition. Um, add another central midfielder, be that a Tillemans, a Neves, a Fabian, a Milinkovic-Savic, whoever you want to add, add a top-class centre mid. You've got Xhaka, you've got Lokonga, you've got Partey. You add another fullback in, you've got Tavares, Tierney. I think Cedric will stay. There's no indication that he won't. Tommy Asu and a Molina or a Hickey coming in. Plus, you've got Brook Norton Cuffey coming through. You've got Lino Sosa coming through. Um, forward players, that's why I've already said you need three strike. You need three forwards being signed. Two central, one wide. Add that to Balogun. Add that to Saka, Martinelli, um, Smith-Rowe, maybe even Nketiah. So I think with all of that, you know, there's a really good, competent group of players there. Goalkeeper we've got coming in as well. Matt Turner adds to Ramsdale. So we've already sorted that. So seven, really, seven players if you count the goalkeeper and Saliba. So, yeah, I think that's I think that's a really good core group to attack next season. If you add that many, that's what we should be looking to do. So I'm hoping that's what we're going to do. Um, Sia says, Tom, when will you believe? I don't know what that means. <laughs> I believe. <laughs> I do believe. I believe in, you know, in what this is doing. I have my doubts as any good disciple. I have my doubts. But, you know, I believe that we can achieve what we want to achieve. Um, don't forget, trusty, he's going on loan, Salu. So uh, he's going to be off in the summer. So, yeah. Uh, Anton C, which I think I've been pointing out before, move the C to the start and you got a great name. Uh, keeping Eddie would be cheaper than signing another striker, though, with world economic recession coming. Kronky might take the cheaper option. I don't think Kronky's doing anything, <laughs> to be honest. I think this is all down to, to Josh and to Arteta and to Edu and to Richard Garlic. I think they're all the ones that were. I don't think Stan cares what we do or spend. Uh, I think he's just kind of there. He's kind of just the custodian at this point. The silent custodian is what he is. Um, Liam said he bought half the Arsenal squad. <laughs> I mean, he says, Tom, when the season finishes, can we have a show analysing each player's contribution in the season and a show talking about the manager's job? during the whole season. I'm sure there'll be some reflection. I'm looking forward to planning some reflection. So I'm, uh, I can't wait for that. Thanks, Layla. I appreciate the kind comment. Really nice of you tuning in. Uh, wow says, uh, who do you want Arsenal to sign in midfield? For me, it has to be Tielemans. Milinkovic-Savic is my number one option. But Tielemans, I would be happy with Tielemans. Uh, I have my doubts about him. But, you know, I'd be interested to see what he at Arsenal would look like. I'm excited to see what that would look like. I think there's potential for that to really succeed. Um, Yusuf says Cedric should also go I think Cedric if we can get a better player should go but I don't think he will and you know to my understanding he has no interest in leaving the club either um, Zander says Balogun has returned to the club apparently do you see it well, he probably would have done yeah um, Middlesbrough season is done it's over so yeah I'm not surprised that he has returned uh, do you see him getting any more minutes before the end of the season no he can't he can't play um, his loan technically doesn't finish till June so he can't play um, for the rest of the games this season. Should we send Balogun on loan? If Nketiah stays and we sign two strikers, then yes. If we sign one striker and Nketiah stays, then we keep him. If we sign two strikers and Nketiah goes, we keep him. That's the three scenarios. One, he goes. If we sign two and keep Nketiah and he uh, stays, if we only sign two strikers and Nketiah goes or if we sign one striker and Nketiah stays. That's when Balogun stays. Um, let's go to Sko, who says, I see Jesus Tillemans, another striker, if Eddie leaves, but another uh, if he stays, uh, but not another if he stays, and maybe a cheaper backup player, maybe a wide forward if we sell Pepe, but maybe Nelson comes back. Three signings. I, st I really think five is is realistic. 
And you know me, I try to keep an objective grounded head on. And I do think that five is a realistic number to see us bring in this summer. Uh, Layla says, Arteta isn't doing bad for a novice manager with a young team against the world-class managers in this league, is he? No, he's, I mean, he's not, not bad. He's being very polite, <laughs> underrating him, arguably. Um, Ronald says, who goes? I think Bellerin, Marie, Cedric, Pepe, Leno, more than that. You know, we're going to be losing a hell of a lot of players this summer, I think. Uh, Pablo Marie, you know, is, is definitely going to go. Bellerin's going to go, as you say, Cedric, Pepe, Leno. Uh, who else will go? As we know, Tavares uh, may. We don't know. Uh, Torreira's gone. Genduzi's gone. Mavropanos is gone. Maitland-Niles will go. Nelson could go. Um, Runison will go. Who else is there? I'm sure I'm forgetting someone else. Um, but there's others uh, who could also leave. And Ketia, Lacazette. Uh, you know, there's there's more that could still go. Heller uh, says, how many Arsenal players would be a part of the Premier League team of the year if the players from Man City and Liverpool are not included? That's a really good question. Uh, what is the Premier League team of the season? Uh, Premier League team of the season. Let's have a quick have a look at that. I'm going to have to use EA Sports, aren't I? Annoying. Uh, okay, so the final squad for the Premier League is front three, Salah, Ronaldo, Son. Um, so if you replace Son and Ronaldo would stay. Arsenal have got a striker in there. Salah leaves, right winger. Um, Saka, yeah, I think Saka probably does go in there. I'm trying to think of anyone else. If Mount, uh, Ziyech doesn't mount, doesn't for me. I think Saka's had probably the best season. So yeah, Saka at right wing in central midfield. You've got De Bruyne, Bernardo Silva, Bruno. Why on earth is Bruno Fernandes there? <laughs> what? This is why I don't play FIFA. Yeah, <laughs> Bruno Fernandes, what is he doing there? So De Bruyne, Bernardo Silva uh, and Bruno. Odegaard definitely de deserves to be in there, in my opinion. You know, he doesn't have the raw goals and, and assist stats that maybe would get him in there for a FIFA team of the season. But Odegaard's been better than Bruno this season. Far, far better than Bruno this season. Partey, I don't think so. I don't think he's done enough across the course of the campaign. I think that you would look maybe to... I think you would look to say Kovacic. I think Kovacic has been brilliant for Chelsea. Really underrated player. Um, who else? James Ward-Prowse arguably deserves a mention as well for his season. I think he's been brilliant. Ruben Neves for Wolves has been very good this season for Wolves. Uh, who else am I forgetting? Rice. Obviously, I think Rice maybe even is, even is already in there. Uh, he is indeed. Um, so yeah, I think Rice, Erdegaard, um, and that's probably about it, I think, uh, in regards to who I put in the defense, Cancelo, Van Dyke, Arnold, Ruben Diaz, so it, and Allison in goal. So the whole back line, do any Arsenal players get into that back line? Tommy Asu's not played a full season, so I can't put him in. Ben White, I think has been our best defender. Um, but... I'm trying to think of other centre-backs. Romero, I think, has been better than Ben White. I know that people will hate me for saying that, but I think Romero has been brilliant um, for Spurs. I think he's kept them in so many games. I know he's made some errors, but I think Romero has been very, very, very good. Um, now I'm trying to think of a better defender, um, a better defender than both Romero and White this season, and there probably is. I think Salasu for Southampton has been a very, very good season. Um, who else? Help me, chat box. Help me. <laughs> um, Romero only played like 12 games, says Olu. Am I, am I thinking he only played 12? I'm sure he played more than 12. 
I'm sure he's played. This is the problem when you start to work specifically on Arsenal. Um, you absolutely miss so many games and you just have this warped view. 22. Oh, I suppose. Yeah. 22 games. I can't put him in there for 22 games. You can't. You can't have Romero in there for 22. Gaze. Oh, Rudiger. Thank you. Yes. Rudiger absolutely should be in there. And, you know, Matip can't be in there because he's a Liverpool player. We're doing our team if you don't have Liverpool and City. So, goalkeeper. Who who has been better, Mendy or Ramsdale? I think it's very close. Mendy's made some really big mistakes this season. Really big mistakes this season. Mitchell's a great shout at left at left back. Martin, very 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 good shout. Um, yeah, let's say our team of the season, which is going to be completely completely biased, is Ramsdale. Uh, right back is going to be ooh, right back. Right back's hard. Um, Jed Spence. Uh, <laughs> uh, Jose Sars a good shout, a goalkeeper as well. Right back. Who's Chelsea's going to... Reese James. Yeah, Reese James is obvious, isn't it? Reese James has been probably the best right back in the league this season. So, yeah, Ramsdale, Reese James, um, Ben White. A lot of people are going to absolutely kill me for that. Uh, Mark Gay, Tyrick Mitchell. Uh, left back. Uh, central midfield is Erdegaard, um, Kovacic. Wait, hold on. Did I not put Rudiger in my team? I didn't, did I? Rudiger and Gay are definitely the centre-backs. Sorry, Ben. You're out of the team. Rudiger and Gay are the two centre-backs. Uh, Mitchell's at left back. I don't care that Reese Jones has been injured. He's still better. Um, Kovacic, um, Erdegaard, as I say. I need one more midfielder. Do I say James Ward-Prowse? Probably could be James Ward-Prowse. Uh, I'm trying to think beyond that. Who else would it be? It's not Schoeberg. It's not It's not Benton Cork. It's only been there for half a season. Man United. It's not Fred. It's not Matic. It's not McTominay. It's not, it's not Bruno Fernandes. Um, yeah. So, Kukurea. I know Kukurea has been good people. Livramento is another good shout from Southampton. Very good shout. Conor Gallagher. That's a really, yeah. Conor Gallagher. So, it's going to be uh, Rice, Gallagher, and Erdegaard, I'll pip Kovacic out. So there you go. Frontline, uh, Ronaldo, Saka, and Son. So your full team, Ramsdale, James, Rudiger, Gay, Mitchell, Gallagher, Erdegaard, Rice, um, Ronaldo, Son, Saka. That's the team. That's the team. Um, <laughs> oh, and me, obviously, yeah, because I've had a great season. <laughs> Inga, thank you for the kind comment there. Um, Red Dan says, Ronaldo, even Eddie's been better than Ronaldo. No, you've got to put Ronaldo in there. He's a he's a joke. He's an absolute joke of a player. Anyway, we're going to wrap things up there before I make any more of a fool of myself with this non-Liverpool Man City team of the season. Um, yeah, there we go. There's your team. That's criminal. As I know I've definitely forgotten some players and that's going to be criminal. But that's what happens when you do a live show trying to do a team of the season without any Liverpool or Man City players. And one, two, two Arsenal players make it in. Erdegaard and Saka. I don't think Ramsdale, three. Three Arsenal players make it in. So there you go. Lovely stuff. Manager. Manager of the season, Nicola Teta, obviously. Anyway, we'll wrap things up there. Drop a like on the video, guys. I'll be back at three o'clock today with Ben Jacobs from CBS Sports to talk all about Yuri Tillemans and further Arsenal transfer links. Really good show. You won't want to miss that. 
Uh, and seven o'clock tonight, I'll be joined by some of the members to talk ahead of the North London Derby. So two more shows for you to come today. Make sure you drop a like on the video and subscribe to the channel if you are indeed new around here with the notifications turned on so you never miss a show. See you soon. Have a great day. And as always, up the Arsenal. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.